Well, this morning, turn with me to 1 John chapter number 4. We have been going uh, through the letter of John, and it is a powerful letter. Uh, a letter that, that, that uh, is written to the one <clears throat> that God loves. It's written to us. <clears throat> Bless the Lord. 1 John chapter number 4, <clears throat> starting at verse number 1. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And it says, Beloved, 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 beloved. Who is the beloved? Who are the beloved? We are the beloved. John is talking to us as sons of of God, as children of God, as brothers and sisters. We are the family of God. We are the household of faith. And so the Word of God is coming to those whom God loves and cares about. The Word of God comes to us for our good, for our edification, to build us up, to make us wise, to make us strong. God wants us to be... Uh, lights in this world of darkness, but He wants us to be wise. God is the God of all wisdom. And doesn't He impart, does a Father who is the God of all wisdom, who is wisdom, doesn't He impart into us as children wisdom? He teaches us. That is why God teaches us to make us wise, to know Him, to, to, know, to understand the truth that sets us free. God is a God of freedom, liberty. And so God sets us free, takes us out of darkness into His light, and He begins to show us the things that are true, the things that help keep us from harm and injury and darkness. God doesn't want us going back into darkness. We don't want to go back into darkness. But the enemy is continually trying to pull us or lure us into shady places or into dark places. But the Lord will always be there to guide us and help us. Even if we get into a dark place or a shady place, He's there to help us come out of that. And so the Lord is our continual help, our help daily, every day of our life. He is there to help us. And so the words that John speaks to us here in his letter are for our good, are for our learning, for our our wisdom, so that we can avoid the enemy's snares and traps. Beloved, believe not every spirit. Believe not means stop trying to believe or putting faith in everything that everybody says. How many of you know there's many voices in this world around us? Many voices in this world around us, through the TV, through the Internet, wherever you go, there are many voices out there in the world. Back then, things haven't changed. Things back then, there were many voices in the world. And there will continue to be many voices in the world. But what's the one voice that we need to really listen to? Hmm? My wife, my husband. But the one voice we really need to listen to is the voice of the Lord. Amen? The voice of God, because that is the, the voice that leads us and guides us in all truth. It leads us to our eternal home. It leads us to where we're going to have everlasting life forevermore. And so we need to give priority to the voice of the Lord. Now, you need to listen to the voice of your wife and husband, right? Unless they're leading you in a bad way. But the voice of the Lord is the priority. We need to listen to and hearken our ears to. So he says, believe not every spirit. Because the reality is, this we live, we live in a world of flesh and blood, but we live in a world that where there are spirit beings around us. We are spirit ourselves. We are spirit, soul, and body. So some people think a spirit is spooky. No, a spirit, well... If you look at your neighbor, then you might think it's spooky. But we are spirit, soul, and body. And so there are, we are spirit. We are part. One day we're going to do away with these fleshly bodies and we're going to take on glorified bodies, but we still will be living in the spirit. 
So we live in a spiritual world, a spiritual realm, where there are spirits. There's the Spirit of God, and there's the Spirit of the enemy, deceiving spirits. God loves you. God is concerned about you. God wants you to be awake and aware that you live amidst in a world of spirits. And there are spirits that are not of God. There are spirits that will come to deceive you and lure you away with things that look good and taste good and feel good. And so the Lord is telling us, Beloved, my family, my children, my sons, my daughters, take heed. Don't believe every spirit. Believe not every spirit. But try the spirits to see if they are, whether they are of God. God wants us to, what does he mean to try the spirits? How many of you have seen Perry Mason or Matlock or Columbo? Hmm? They go out there and, and they try to gather evidence together, right? To get somebody convicted. And the Lord says, don't believe every spirit, but try them. That means test them. That means put them on trial. And they, they must be tried and judged, whether they be of God or not. And so the Lord is telling us, beloved, it is, it is a commission to us. God is commissioning us to become judges as far as judging spirits go. God is telling us, beloved, don't believe every spirit but try the spirits. Try is an action that we must take. It's not a passive thing. Trying is an action that we must take whenever we hear something out there. We must measure it like the Bereans. You remember the Bereans? They heard the word of the Lord being preached and they went, where did they go? How did they find out whether it was true or not? Where? They went to the word, to the scriptures. To see whether if it was so or not. So we must, we're challenged as believers for our own good. For our own good. God cares about us. God doesn't want us being deceived. So he says, beloved, try them, test them with the word of God. See if what they're saying, listen and see if what they're saying is in accordance with the word of God. Because we don't want to go just by a, a, a message that makes us feel good. There's many things that make us feel good. Many people out in the world that can say things that make you feel good. It feels right. It feels good. And of course we want to feel good. Of course we want to feel right. But we don't live by our feelings if we live by our feelings alone, we will be deceived. We will be carried away. We will be going into shady places that will lead us to darkness, that will lead us to death. We need more than feelings to guide us. We need the truth of the Word of God. This is why the Lord says, My children, don't believe everything you hear. If you have a son or a daughter, well, are you going to teach them about when they go to school or when they go outside, what to watch for? That if someone comes up to you and tries to entice you away, don't go with them. How many of you will teach your children what to watch out for? Isn't it a wise thing or is it a wise thing or a foolish thing to do? It's a wise thing. We need to be, we need to be educated on the evils that are out there trying to seduce us in many different ways. And so if you don't tell your child what to look for and how to deal with it, who's responsible if that child gets taken away? Never having heard what to look for, how to, how to, how to discern what is good and what is not. And so the Lord tells us, He's responsible. The Lord is our, our guardian. He's our watchman. He's our shepherd. So He tells us, He warns us what to look for. And he tells us how to discern whether that is something good or something we should stay away from. So you apply it to your own life as you look around you. We need to see, we need to know that this world, we just can't send a child walking out in the world by itself. It won't come back. Chances are, it, it, it just... And so God sends us into this world 
But he sends us with instruction. With, he sends us with warnings, with watch, with signs, what to look for in life. And so he says, as you go into this world, understand that not every spirit is of God. And this is that you are to try them, test them. How do you test them? He's, he's you know, because God is just so real. It says, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The Word of God tells us, out in this world, there are many false prophets. And so we need to be aware of what's out there. We need to hear what they're being, what's being said. And if we hear it, we need to measure it with the Word of God to make sure that it lines up with what God is saying. If it doesn't, if it's contrary, contrary to what the Lord is saying, then we need to put a big X on it and say, I'm staying away from this stuff because this is not of God. And so there's, there's communications. You see, God communicates to us, doesn't He? The Word of God says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They hear my voice. The Spirit of God speaks to us. The Bible makes very clear that the Spirit of God in us will remind us of all things that the Lord has said and He will teach us. We have a spiritual communications with heaven, don't we? And so someone could say, I heard from God, and that's all well and good, but we have to hear what they heard, what they say they heard. And if what they heard is not according to the Word of God, they didn't hear from the God of heaven. They heard from a little G, God. And so we need to discern what is being real. Because in the spiritual realm, there are spirits communicating to man, but they're not godly spirits. And so men are saying they heard from the spiritual realm. They heard from God about this and about that. And be wary, be careful about someone who, whom you don't know who says they heard from the Lord. God. What God? What God did you hear from? And how are you going to tell? How are you going to know? If you don't know the word of God, how will you know? Why do we come together like we do? Because we understand, as Bereans, we come to see what is being said from the pulpit. Is it lining up with the word of God? What is being taught in Sunday school? Is it lining up with the word of God? As we see, as we come together... Frequently, as we gather together, that's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. If you're just a lone ranger out in the world, you can be easily deceived and led astray. And you yourself can easily go astray. God has brought the body of Christ together that we may together discern whether this is true, whether this is right, whether this is good. And so we come together to know that the Lord's is real and that he does speak to us. Stay here, Lindsay, in First Thessalonians it says, Don't put out the Spirit's fire, don't treat prophecies with contempt, test everything. Even in even in their Corinthians, test everything. Hold on to what is good. Don't go out there criticizing and judge and, and putting everyone to screw real bad, real scrutiny. But it's saying that because some people go wacky, you go on the internet and type in any name, and you'll come up with all types of things that are that are that are saying all types of negatives about them. And are those of the spirit of God? No, those are the enemy accuser. Because the Bible also says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So we have to discern that not everyone who makes an accusation is coming from God. Accusations come from the devil. And so we have to understand that as we stand as brothers and sisters, as a household of believers, as a household of faith, we have to believe and look to each other to say that this is of, of God. This is coming from the Word of God. And if it is, then we need to receive it and, and let it come into us and grow and embrace it. So God is saying these things because He cares for us. Beloved, beloved, beloved. And he says, verse 2, well, how do we know? If we hear something, how do we know whether it's from you, Lord, or not? Hereby. So God tells us what to look for, and he tells us how. What to look for. The sign. The sign. What are we looking for, Lord? What are we looking for? And we're looking for, we're not looking for how well the man dresses or the woman dresses, not the eloquence of their speech, not whether they excite us or not. It's what are we looking for spiritually? What are we looking for? 
Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And here he's giving us a, a, a really a, a twofold truth that we're going to see. John 16 says that the Spirit of God, when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Number one is that Jesus is Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Savior of the world. When people say, I believe in Jesus, what Jesus do you believe in? And what do you believe about Jesus? Is he Messiah? Is he Savior? Is he Lord? Did Jesus Christ come in the flesh? Did he actually, was he born of a virgin? There's a lot of teachings out there that say Jesus is not the Savior of the world, that he didn't die once on Calvary's cross, that that he has to be keep being crucified. That's not of God. That's not of the Scriptures. That Jesus is the Savior, that he came, as it says in Hebrews, he died once for all. One sacrifice for all times. That if we believe on that one sacrifice that Christ made, that we are washed and cleansed of our sin. That he is the Savior of the world. Is he your Savior? Did he save you? Do you believe that Jesus washed away all your sins? That's what the Word of God says. Anything that says that Jesus is not the Savior, not the Christ, not the Messiah, if everyone tells you that you got to work your way or you got to do something else to gain salvation other than going through Christ, that's not of God. Must confess. Confess means that it's a continual teaching, adherence to. It's something that's being taught on a regular basis that confesses that Jesus is Christ the Savior and He's come in the flesh and in the flesh is of God. Again, that Christ came, took on flesh, born of the Virgin, took on flesh and died on Calvary's cross. In these days, there was a teaching that Christ just came into into a, a man and when He was crucified, He left. So God wasn't crucified, it was a man that was crucified. Those were the teachings in that day. And there's teachings like that that go around today too. Saying, how could one man die for everyone? But here, Jesus, the Bible says, if you believe, if it's taught that Jesus was born of a virgin, became man, took on flesh, went to Calvary's cross, died for us, died for our sins, because if Jesus wasn't the Son of God taking on flesh, how could he do away with our sins? But because we believe that Jesus Christ died, faced death, tasted death, as it says in Hebrews, he tasted death for us all, so that we might not have to taste death. Death meaning separation from the Lord. And that through him we have eternal life. And so we, these are the keys. See, Jesus is the key to everything. What people say about Jesus, what they think about Jesus, is the key. Who is Jesus? You can walk around the streets of this city and ask people, do you believe in Jesus? And many of them will say yes. And you go a little deeper and say, well, tell me about Jesus. Who is he? And you'll hear some strange stories. And what did Jesus do? And you'll hear even stranger stories. So just because someone says they believe in Jesus doesn't mean that they're your brother or your sister in the Lord. Their concept and understanding of Jesus might be far different from what the Word of God says. And so therefore, you need to know Jesus. What the Word of God tells you about Jesus. You must be in relationship with Him where He calls you beloved. And when you're in relationship with Jesus... You know Him as Savior. You know Him as Lord. You're filled with the Spirit of God. You'll know, you'll know, you'll know when someone is preaching or teaching another or speaking of another Jesus. And those who tell you about another Jesus are not necessarily preachers or teachers. The man at work that's working next to you, the woman at work working next to you, they have their own concepts of things. And you can't listen to them if they're teaching another Jesus. The Word of God, this is what teaches us who Jesus is. But even as the Word of God is in us, as we are new creations in Christ, 
That is what the Spirit of God in us is what confirms to us what is true. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So Father God is warning us as sons and daughters, be wise, be wise, be alert, wake up, knowing that there's a seducing world around you. People that will try to talk to you and tell you about a different Jesus than the Jesus who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's saying, wake up, because the spirit is against Christ, which is the Antichrist, Antichrist. And it also means that they come making themselves out to be Christ so that they can see, so that they can deceive. Antichrist is against Christ. Yes, it means against, but it also means a coming as making themselves as Christ to deceive. And so we need to be aware that in this world around us, there are those who are Antichrist who may be preaching a gospel, maybe, maybe, uh, uh, behind a pulpit somewhere, but they're not teaching the Jesus of the Bible. And so we see there's a twofold, that he has come in the flesh, that he is now, that Christ is, and that he is the Savior of the world. John chapter 4, verse number 3, as we see here, and every spirit that confesses not, again, teach that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, is not of God, and this is the Antichrist. And those who say that Christ did not die on the cross for all of our sins is an Antichrist. Christ on Calvary's cross purchased and redeemed us from sin. He purchased us. He died for us. And we cannot deny the love of God on Calvary's cross for us. The world would want to deny the Lord's sacrifice on Calvary. But we as believers look upon the cross and say, Thank you, Jesus, that you took on flesh and died in my place on Calvary's cross, that I might live. And so the Lord, he, the Lord gives us warning. And he doesn't want us to walk around with an oh me and oh my. He wants us to walk up saying, I know in my Redeemer. I know that my Redeemer lives. I have a living relationship with a living God. And he's told me what to look for. I know what is not of God and I know what is of God. So you're not walking down with your head saying, oh me, oh my. There's all deceiving spirits out here. Glory to God. God has shown me what is real and what is not real. He guides me. He leads me. He warns me. And so he, he's with me. Because in verse 4, he says, Ye are of God. Meaning, you're my family. We are family. We are sons and daughters. So he says, You are of God. There's deceiving spirits. The Antichrist is out there. But you are of God, beloved, little children. That's an endearing term, little children. Oh, how I love you, how I love you, how I watch over your lives. And I want you to know this. Do not be afraid. Fear not. How many times do you hear in the Bible, fear not, fear not, fear not. Beloved, you are little children and have overcome them. He's saying, little children, lift up your head. You have overcome them. Don't be afraid. Don't be frightened by what's out there. You are an overcomer. You have overcome them. You are my children. You are my sons and my daughters. And you have overcome those deceiving spirits out there. You see, he's talking about overcomers. And we are more than conquerors. We are more than overcomers in Christ. Why? Because Christ lives in you. Why? Because greater is he that is in you who is in you is Christ in you is the spirit of God in you then greater is he that is in you than that deceiving spirit that is out in the world you're greater than any deceiving spirit you're greater than any antichrist don't be afraid of that word antichrist I met many Christians who say oh don't talk of the devil don't mention antichrist oh, oh, oh. and they have a fear an intimidation but Christ is in you. And that Antichrist, that deceiving spirit has to fear you and tremble when you walk into its presence. 
The Bible says the devil believes and trembles. And if you know who you are, ye are of God, little children. If you know who you are, you are children of God, sons and daughters of God. And in you lives the living God. In you lives the Spirit of the living God. In you lives Christ, the Word of God. And greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. So we walk around with our head lifted up saying, I know God has given me wisdom. I know what's true and what's false in this world. And you're not going to deceive me, you deceiving spirit. Get away from me in the name of Jesus. And so you walk around, little children. Ye are of God. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Walk with your head up. Walk in the power of the spirit of the living God. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. The only thing we need to understand is we need knowledge. We need wisdom. So we know what is true and what is false. God is not telling us to fear. He's just saying be awake and recognize what is false and deal with it. Cast it out. Send it away. Don't receive it. Don't follow it. And it says in verse 5, see, they are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. This world, the Bible says there's many run after, after things that tickle their ears, what they want to hear, what makes them feel good. Oh, I want to feel good, church. Well, praise God, we do want to feel good inside, and that's, and we can't lie, we do want to feel good. But if we're running after feelings, a feel good place, a feel-good sermon, a feel-good Sunday school, a feel-good whatever it is, then we can be putting ourselves in a place where we can be easily deceived and put away. So we can't live, again, we can't live or go by feelings. Feelings are of God. God has given us feelings. I feel like hugging my wife. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? That's a good thing. I'm not going to do it now. I'm just saying feelings are good. Emotions are good. But if we let feelings and emotions get in our spiritual pathway, they can lead us this way. Where we need the truth to lead us this way. Maybe I don't feel good following this pathway, but it's the right pathway, and I've got to make a decision. Do I want to walk on the pathway of truth? Or the pathway that makes me feel good. I want to walk on the pathway of truth. And I might have to deal with some things in my life that don't, that I don't want to feel like I have to, but I got to deal with it because it's true. And the world would love to hear things that, that go against the Word of God. Anything that is contrary to God's teaching, the world loves to hear. Because they don't want to hear the truth. And if you don't want to hear the truth, everything else sounds wonderful. When you feel, when you hear what you want to hear, everything is good and lovely. That's why when, when the truth comes forth, some people don't want to hear it. And they'll go somewhere else. We pray for them, but hey, that's okay. We have to stay on the pathway of truth. Amen. And so it goes on to say here, verse number 6. We are of God. We're born again. We're in relationship with Jesus Christ. We are of God. Are you of God? We are of God. We are. We are the family of God. He that knoweth God hears us. And so when we know the truth, we come together and we listen and we grow together because we know the truth is coming forth. The truth is is nourishing us, is growing us. And so we know that he that knoweth God heareth us that he is, and he that is not of God heareth not us. Why doesn't why don't want people want to listen to you when you talk to them about the Lord? They don't want to know the truth. They get uncomfortable. They want to just hear things that are going to make them feel warm and fuzzy. The warm and fuzzy isn't necessarily what's going to take you to heaven. The truth is going to take you to heaven. The truth is going to lead you home. And so, 
Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, the Lord says there's two things in this world. Spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There's no, no middle ground here. It's either of truth or it's of error. And so we might, we must be. The Lord commissions us. See, he commissions us when he says, Beloved, believe not, try, test. That means actively, actively put to the test what's being said out there. Meaning, listen and, and compare it to the word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it's a spirit of error. And we need not follow that or listen to it anymore. Turn off that whatever, that source. But if there's a spirit of truth, we need to follow it. And so the Lord is telling his children, don't be afraid, but know we're in a world where there's many choices, that we hear many things, we see many things, and we've got to discern, is it of God or is it not of God? If it's of God, receive it gladly and drink of it. If it's not of God, put it away, let it go, turn it off, don't give heed to it anymore. Once you discern that it's not of God, turn that off, don't listen to that anymore. Don't we'll continue to walk. That's why it says believe not. It means stop. If you've been following something or listening to someone and you find out that they're not, there's error there, then stop listening. Stop following. Stop. Stop. Stop and go the right way. Walk in the pathway of truth. And it says, verse 7, Beloved, let us love. Now he goes on. He says, okay, now I'm telling you, there's two things in there that would draw you away and, 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 and just stay onto the truth. And as you grow in the truth, what happens? The most important thing is that beloved, again, beloved, family, children, sons, daughters, my household, beloved. He's, his, his, again, God is showing us terms of, again, in that word endearment means a deep love, a deep care. Beloved, let us love one another. Because out of truth, out of true teaching, out of true teaching from the Word of God, what's gonna, what's gonna be the fruit of, of truth? Love. God is the God of all truth. God is the God of love. His truth is, that he is love. And if God is love and he's living in you, what's going to come out of your life? Love. Not anger, not hatred, not bitterness, not resentment, but love, forgiveness, mercy. And so one of the other things, you know, he just said one of the signs is that whoever does not confess that Jesus is Christ and, the, and come in the flesh, that's one sign. The other sign is love. That if there is not love, then, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is what? Born of God and... You see, if you're a new creation in Christ, see, people can say anything they want with their lips. Jesus told many people, you give me lip service. But your heart, these are the words of Jesus. You give me lip service, but your heart is far from me. I never knew you. I don't know you. And so what someone says with their mouth, be careful. You know, don't just accept readily everything that someone says to you. Because we need to listen and measure it with the word of God but God also says there's another measure there's another sign to look for love and love if they have the love of God in their life true love of God if you're born of God and you say that you know God meaning you're in relationship with Jesus Christ the son of the living God if you're talking to Jesus, if you're praying and believing Jesus, you've got a living, ongoing relationship with the Lord, there is no mistaking it. Love will come manifest through your life. The love of God, that is. Not the love of this world. The love of God, the agape love of God will be manifest in your life. How? That you love the Lord. Everybody can say they love the Lord. But if you love one another, and Jesus says, this is how you'll know that they are my disciples if they have love one for another. What did we read this morning? Those that fear there looked at me and were glad. 
that means glad. Ah, I love that you're here, sister. I love to see you in the house of the Lord. It doesn't say they looked at them who fear the Lord and said, man, what are you doing here? Why don't you stay home today? You got to come here and sit next to me? That's not of God. Love. This is a sign. This tells you that you are a beloved, that you are the family of God, that you love one another. We all have faults. We all have rough edges. We all, we all need improvement. We all need to, to have more work done on us. We're all works in progress. But we've got to love each other while God is working on us and in us and through us. We must love one another. This is how we know. This is how we know if if God is in us, if we have that realness in us. He that loveth not, verse 8, he that loveth not knoweth not God, means has no relationship with God, for God is love. You cannot be a new creation in Christ and, and have an ongoing relationship with Him. You cannot have the Lord living in your life and not loving your brother and sister in the Lord. It's in, you can't do that. And if we're having, we, we can have difficulties in loving one another, but God is working in us along those lines. But if we know that I just can't deal with these people in church, man, I, I just got to stay home. I just can't deal with them. Where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? Are you more? Are you more better? Are you are you greater than than everyone else in that church? Are you more holy, more spiritual than everybody else? Beware. Be careful. Oh, you on a slippery slope. Are we better than Christ? When we compare ourselves to Christ, we see all the shortcomings. We see all the faults and failures. If I compare myself to someone else, I could say, oh, I'm better than that person. Beware. You start thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. But we need to be looking at Christ and say, I need to be more like Christ. I need him formed in me, fashioned in me, that I can love my brothers and sisters like Christ loves them. So if Christ is in you, the love of God is going to manifest in you, and that love will overcome a multitude of sins. That love will overlook the the little faults and feelings that you think are so huge. The love of God in you will overlook those things. And so in this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Our life is to be lived through Christ. Not through ourselves, not through our own desires and wants, but through the desires and wants of the living God who lives in us. And what is his desires and wants? That everyone be saved, that we all grow together, that we use our giftings and talents and who we are and what we are to build up our brothers and sisters, to encourage one another. And it's the same thing. John here in his letter is writing the same thing as he wrote in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on him, what? Should not perish but have everlasting life. It's the same thing that he's saying here in a different way. He's saying the same thing. And so he's telling us God is in love with us. And if God loves us, if He's in us, we've got to develop a love for one another. Verse 10, Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And his love is perfected, matured in us. You see, God's whole purpose of coming into your life is to manifest his love through you. Through you. Don't look at the person next to you and say, you've got to love me. You've got to look at the person next to you, you and say, I've got to love you. I've got to love you. And it's always put on the other way. The enemy always tries to turn it around. Well, they don't love me. They don't have the love of God. Put the focus, turn it around. Stop that. Drop that. That's the enemy trying to build divisions and walls. They don't love me. They don't have the love of God. 
Shut up. Do you have the love of God? Turn the question around. Do you have... And if you do, you'll love them. You'll forgive them. You'll excuse them. You'll try to build them up and encourage them. Instead of bringing them down and hammering them with your words. They don't love God. They don't love God like they should. Or if they loved God, they wouldn't do that. Shut up. Zip it up. How about you? What are you doing to manifest the love of God to that person that you think doesn't have the love of God? And so we have to examine ourselves and let the love of God be be manifest in us to everyone, even our enemies. When you were an enemy of God, God loved you. Because God first loved us. And so again, God dwells and his love is perfected in us as as the Lord lives in us, as he's, as our relationship with the Lord grows, He's maturing us. We're not going to stay babies with the, with the, with the little bottle all the time. He's growing us. If a baby stood there with a pacifier for 20 years, what would you say? Something wrong here. Grow up. And so as we grow in the Lord, the love of God should grow in us. We should be more loving, more patient with others, more forgiving of others. And that's perfection. That's maturity coming forth in us. Hereby know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. The other key is that God gives us of his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and remind us of all things. And it is the Spirit of God, along with the Word of God in us, that that causes us to love and to know the truth. We need, we need two things. We need the Spirit of truth in us, the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of truth that helps us recognize the Spirit of, er- spirit of error. And it is the Spirit of God in us that enables us and helps us to love. Hereby know that we dwell in Him and He in us. Think about these words. God of glory, Jesus is dwelling in you and you in Him. And it says, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. This is a cause for us to reach out to the world around us with love. He is the Savior of the world. No matter what all those deceiving spirits are saying, that there's another ways to God and other things and this and this. No, no, no. There's only one way. There's only one Savior of the world. His name is Jesus. He is full of love for you. He cares for you. And so the the letter here in 1 John, it, it tells us, Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Don't give heed to those deceivings. There is one Savior, one Lord who came to give Himself for us. And His love is in you that causes you to reach out to the world around you. This is a chapter 2 of evangelism. It's telling us to reach out with the love of God to the world around you to, to come against those spirits of error that say there's other pathways to God, there's other ways to God. There are not, there is not, not according to the Word of God, not what Jesus teaches. One way, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And we have seen, I mean, we, we have a relationship, we have an ongoing testimony, and we confess, we declare that Jesus is the Son of God. God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. Verse 16, Lindy. Verse 16, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. Do you know that God loves you? Do you have that experience that you know, that you know, that you know? Do I have to tell you that God loves you, or do you know that God loves you? I mean, I'm going to tell you God loves you anyway. You're not going to stop me. But the question is, do you know? Do you know, personally, do you know that God loves you? That's the key. And if you know that God loves you, everything else is coming. Everything else is coming. If you know that God is love, and we have known and believed that the love that God has to us, God is love. He keeps, see, He keeps, people need to hear things over and over and over. That's the way we are. That's the way we're made. 
You know, some people don't like repetition, but God says we need repetition. We need to hear it. That's the way we're made. And he keeps saying, God is love. We must love. God is love. And he says, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. And God in him. He keeps going back and forth. If God is in you, you're, you're in, you're gonna love. And, and if, and if you're in God, you're gonna, you know, he goes backward and forth. And he's just driving it in. It's about love. It's about staying away from seducing spirits that would take you out of that love, out of that truth. And the truth is that Jesus is the only way and he's full. He is love. He is full of love. And his love wants to fill you and overflow the world around you as it enriches your life, as it matures you and grows you, puts a smile on your face. When you know that God loves you, you're going to be smiling. You're not going to be like the Mona Lisa. Is she smiling or isn't she smiling? You're going to, the world is going to know that Christ is in you. It shouldn't be a question as, a, it, it, you know, gee, did I have the joy of the Lord or not? No, Christ is in me. And through all my tr- turmoils and trials, He is in me. And my love for my brethren, you can see it. Verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. See, we don't have to worry about standing before God in judgment. If we're in relationship with the Lord and walking in truth and loving one another, we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. If you're walking around with judgment about your brothers and sisters, and all you can find is to look to be critical and, and find faults and then on that day, beware, because God's going to pick out all your faults. But the Lord is saying, don't stand to look at, pick out faults. Stand to love, to build up, to grow. And then don't fear, don't worry. You're, not, you're, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is nothing to fear. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. When you know the love of God that watches over your life, that cares for you, that keeps you, that helps you, the love of God, as we said this morning, that pours, that brings the supply of heaven into your life. Everything that you need is brought to you through the love of God, freely offered to you. The supply of heaven is before you. What do you need? Do you need wisdom? Do you need strength? Do you need guidance? Do you need counsel? Do you need healing? What do you need? The supply of heaven is set before you. The table of abundance is there. Partake of it through the love of God made manifest through Christ Jesus. If Christ is in you and you know that God loves you, Come to the table of blessing and promise and partake of it. Thank you, Lord, that I am healed. Thank you that my provisions are met in you. Thank you that my my situation and circumstances in your hands, that you will see me through, that you will open doors, you will make ways, you will deliver me, you will satisfy me, you will you will comfort my mind, you will comfort my heart, you will strengthen me. And so the supply of heaven is there. Don't fear. If you know the love of God, don't fear. God loves you. God is the shepherd, bishop, and shepherd of your soul, your provider, your El Shaddai, your, your everything. The God of all the El Shaddai, the God of all sufficiency is He. <clears throat> and we love Him because He first loved us. In verse 20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother. He is a... This is the word of the Lord. And it's given for our good. It's given for our good. Not to make us feel... Oh man, I'm having a hard time loving somebody so I must be a liar. No. The Lord is saying if you're making an effort, if you're looking to the Lord to help you in that area of love, you're on the right road. And so... For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath not seen, how can he love God uh, who he has seen? How can he love God whom he not? And this is this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. 
Not an option. Love is not an option. But if Christ is in you, and you're in love with Jesus, He's going to make His love rise up in you so that you can love your, your brother and sister. Don't fret. Don't worry. Just say, Lord, activate me. I need, I, need, I need some help here in my love for my brothers and sisters. Help me. And the Lord is... You, you think the Lord is going to say no to that? You think He's going to say, hey, you're on your own, you do it yourself? We can't do it ourselves. I can't. I can't love you without, without Christ in me. You can't love me without Christ in you. We can't love each other without Christ in us. And so we need... See, the whole key here is that we are we have a dependency upon the Lord. That He is our Savior and our Redeemer who leads us in all truth and who leads us and grows us in all love. And so the Lord wants us to stay in the truth and He wants us to stay in His love so that we may love. As you know the love of, Lord, of the Lord for your life, you are able to let that love overflow into the lives of the people around you. So First John chapter 4 is basically God saying, My children, I love you so much. I want you to stay into the truth. And I, that truth that keeps you free, that sets you free. Don't worry about this world or seducing spirits around you. It's there and it will try to seduce you. It will try to deceive you. But the Spirit of God that is in you, the relationship that you have with me, if that is real and in you, I will keep you on that road of truth. And my love will be manifest in you and grow you, beloved. Beloved. He calls you beloved. 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 Fear not, beloved. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Stay in my truth, and my love will grow in you and manifest itself. It's all about truth and love. Truth and love. Amen.